years ago, it's been many years ago now, I had somebody that approached me and voiced the opinion that we should not sing The Savior is Waiting. It's a song we would often sing in our services that we would do a lot of times during our invitation time. Uh, We still do. Uh, Their belief that it was not representative of the biblical Jesus, that he is the all-powerful Savior, that he is the mighty defeater of death, that he's the King of kings, that he's the Lord of all lords. And, And the picture that he was humbly, hopefully waiting on humans to respond to him, to his gospel, they believe was woefully demeaning of him. They thought it was belittling to their idea of Jesus. Can you imagine how little that makes Jesus to stand and wait for somebody to receive the gospel? Friends, what is the truth tonight? Which Jesus is our Jesus? And I want us to think about that. We're going to see that in our verses. Which Jesus is our Jesus? Does he do all things? Does he do everything to powerfully reveal his glory? Or does he humble himself kindly to act as Savior? Which Jesus is our Jesus? Well, here is what I will tell you tonight. The biblical Jesus is both. In fact, I will tell you, not only is he both, I will tell you tonight the most powerful thing, the most magnificent thing, the most glorifying thing that I know about my Savior is that he humbles himself. The creator steps into creation. Life itself submits to death. The sinless becomes sin. And Jesus humbles himself. He makes himself small. He makes himself small. Yes, that we might be saved. I want to tell you tonight what a Savior we have. What a Savior we have. Tonight, this evening on our 29th message, our sermon tonight is entitled, The Glory of a Savior Who Waits. The Glory of a Savior Who Waits. Tonight, we're in 2 Peter chapter 3, tonight, verses 3 through 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, tonight, verses 3 through 9. The glory of a Savior who waits. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Starting in verse 3, God's Word says this, Know this, first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, It escapes their notice that by the word of the God, the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water. And by water, through which the world at that time was being destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, That with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. Verse 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, 
but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come now. We praise you. We thank you. We, we see this account. We see these verses tonight. We, we already glory in our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would see you more clearly tonight. I, I pray we would draw closer to you tonight. Lord, that we would glory in the Savior who waits. Lord, again, I pray that you would speak, that you would lead, that you would talk through your word. Pray that it wouldn't be the words or the thoughts of a man crafted by men, but it would be your word given to your people. Lord, I pray if there's somebody that doesn't know you, that doesn't know the Savior that's kind to sinners, I pray that this very night they would turn to you, they would receive you in faith, and it would be for your name's sake, for your glory. Lord, we give you this time, we give you this hour, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight we start the closing section of Peter's second letter. We'll close it up in the morning. We start the closing section of Peter's second letter. With these concluding words, Peter will move toward his own crucifixion for his unbending devotion to Jesus. Well, I want you to understand tonight, the words we are hearing tonight, the words we are looking at tonight ought to carry the heaviness of that. From this closing, Peter goes to his own death for this devotion to Jesus. Let that word carry a heaviness to you tonight. All right, let's go to our verses tonight, starting in verse 3. Know this first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust. Hear that again. Know this first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust. It starts off and it says, know this first of all. Now, this is a way of saying this is of utmost importance. It's a way of saying be sure of this, of all the things that you've heard, all the things that you know, be sure and know this. Know this first of all, that in the last days, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking. Now remember, we learned at the start of our study, the last days are the days between Jesus' ascension into heaven and his coming again. Those are the last days. We are operating in the last days. Well, Peter says in those days, mockers will come with their mocking. That's what he says. In those days, mockers will come with their mocking. Now, the word for mocker means scoffer, one who scoffs, one who scorns, one who derides the truth. Understand, these are people who deny Jesus and so they scoff at, they belittle his truth. That's what they do. They can't stand Jesus. They're not followers of Jesus. They're denying Jesus. And so their response is to scoff at, to laugh at, to belittle his truth. It says in the last days, scoffers will come with their scoffing. Friends, be very sure tonight, again, that is our day. These are the days that we're living in. Be sure tonight, today our culture holds the truth of Jesus in contempt. Today our world derides the truth of Jesus as a silly superstition. 
Today, our education system, our universities laugh at the claims of Scripture. And I'll just tell you, to be very honest now, following Jesus in our day is viewed as ignorant. It is viewed as outdated, something from the past, a, a relic. Following Jesus today is viewed as silly. Peter says, in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking. Now, you say, well, I'm not sure it's that bad. I'm not sure it's that terrible yet. Well, let me give you, let me give you an assignment tonight. When you go home tonight, go on your Facebook and post this. God is responsible for creation, and he did it in six days. Post that on your Facebook tonight. You want one better than that? Post this on your Facebook tonight. Jesus says marriage is between one man and one woman, and anything else is a sin. Post that on your page tonight. I dare you. actually dare you. Here's what Peter says. Scoffers are scoffing. They're laughing. They're scorning. This is ignorant. That is the day we're living in right now. Then it says this. Following after their own lust. Following after their own lust. Now I want you to see this is a big deal. This really is the entire issue. You want to know what the deal is? You want to know what the issue is? This actually is the entire, is the whole issue. The reason they mock the truth of Jesus is because they're following after their own lusts. The reason they mock the truth of Jesus is because they're following after their own lust. Now, here's the deal. Listen very carefully. Here's the deal. You can either follow Jesus or you can follow your own lust, but it can't be both ways. That's, that's the truth. That's the reality. Listen to me. You can either follow Jesus or you can follow after your own lust, but you can't do both. And since they had decided to follow their own lust, since that was their plan, they have to crush the truth of Jesus. Let me tell you something tonight. Do you know it's the same for believers? You can either follow Jesus, you can either follow Christ, or you can follow after your own lust, but you can't do both. It's the same way for believers. It doesn't change I want to tell you tonight, I'll, 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 be, I'll just be honest with you, when I see people and they quit reading their Bibles, when they slow down in their service of the Lord, when they start laying out of church, when they become scarce and distant, most of the time it's because they've decided not to follow Christ, but for some other reason to follow their own lust. You can't follow Christ and follow your own lust. They will not coincide. That's what these folks were doing. So what's happening here? Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust, verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. In verse 4, here's what they start to do. They start to say this is not true. They, they say there's no point to all of this. They're, they're scoffing. They say, I don't put much stock in this. It's a superstition. And here's their reason why. They say, ever since the patriarchs, ever since the fathers died, people have been saying the Lord is coming. People have been saying Jesus is coming, yet nothing has changed. It's still the same as it's always been. He hasn't come, and we're still here. I want you to notice this. They hate the word of God 
and yet they still try to use the Word of God. The patriarchs, they, they reference the Old Testament. That's what they do. They hate the Word of God, but now they try to make something using the Word of God. Right now, tonight, here we are, the 29th night. I want you to be sure of this. Listen to me very carefully. Be sure, just as Jesus came once, he is coming again. Do you hear what I said? Just like Jesus came once, he is coming again. Acts chapter 1, verse 11. I could have pulled up a whole bunch of verses here. Acts chapter 1, verse 11. The angel says, why do you stand looking up into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. That is the truth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, that is the truth. Now we can look at a whole bunch of verses now, but I'll just sum it up for you. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And I'll just add this to it very soon. Jesus is coming very soon. Verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago when the earth was formed out of water and by water. Verse 6, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. Here's what I want you to see in these verses. In order to deny the promises of God in the future, they have to deny God's word about the past. Now, that's a big thing. They have to do that. They have to do that. Listen to that again. In order to deny God's promises for the future, they have to deny God's word about the past. And so they, they say God didn't create all things. It wasn't at his word that all creation takes place. They say there wasn't a real flood. It wasn't a historic flood. They say it wasn't a global flood. Maybe it was symbolic. And they deny God's word about the past so they can set aside God's promises for the future. I've never done this. I've never done this. But just so we're clear tonight, your pastor believes in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And I believe it was at his word that it was done. Listen, you want to know how it was done? It was done at his word. And I believe it was in six sun coming up and sun going down days. I believe it happened in six literal days. And I'll tell you tonight, I believe it was not billions of years ago, but I believe it was just over 6,000 years ago. And I'll tell you tonight, I believe evolution and the Big Bang is a big lie from Satan. And I'll tell you tonight, I believe there was a day when the every thought of man was wicked, but there was a righteous man named Noah. And he built an ark, and through it, he and his family and the animals necessary to populate the earth loaded that ark, and they were delivered through the literal, historical, actual, global waters of God's judgment. And I want to tell you tonight, I may be wrong about many things, but on the authority of God's word, I'm not wrong about those things and so you hear me tonight you listen tonight 
Are you listening? Does that sound crazy? Does that sound wild? You listen to me tonight. And so, on the authority of God's own word, there is going to be a voice, and there's going to be a shout, and there's going to be a blast of a trumpet, and my Savior, Jesus, will come again. He will come again. I'm going to tell you what, I have a hard time with folks who say, well, I don't know about that, but I'm looking for Jesus come again. Do you understand how crazy it is? A voice of an archangel, what's, strange, what's normal about that? You can mark it down. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. All right, verse 7. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire and kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Listen to those words. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Rest, reserved means held. That's what it means. Now, here's what I want to tell you. The world, the culture, Satan, do not want you to believe many things. But one of those that does not want you to believe is that there is a sure coming judgment. world doesn't want you to believe that. Religious folks don't want you to believe that. Well, God's not going to do that. That's not a literal thing. They don't want you to believe there is a sure coming judgment. Well, the truth is, and it's part of our gospel, there is a judgment that is coming. Understand, because God is just, and because he's perfect in his justice, he must judge sin. He will judge sin. And those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, those that are outside of Christ, they will perish in their guilt, they will perish in their sin, and that is the reality. Do you know how unloving it is to say that's not true? Do you know how unloving it is to say, well, take your chances. Listen, there is a judgment that is sure, and it's coming. Verse 7, the day is coming, and just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not coming. It is coming. All right, let's look at verse 8. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. You've heard people say this. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. Now, you've probably seen this. I've seen this. There are folks, and they take this verse to be some kind of formula to figure out God's timetable. And whatever they're trying to figure out, maybe it's when Jesus comes again or, or maybe some other day, they say, well, this is a thousand years and this is a, th a day, a year, a day is like a thousand years. And they use this as a formula to try to figure out God's timetable. Well, be very clear tonight, that's not it. That's not what this is. This is showing us, verse 8 is showing us, God is eternal. That means he is before time. That means he is after time. That means he is outside of time. 
And so where we say a day is fast, it's not fast to God. When we say a thousand years is slow, it's not slow to God. Peter says, neither hold true for God. An hour, a day, a thousand years, they're not relative to an eternal God. Here's what verse 8 says. Very simply, it says this. God's not in a hurry. God's not in a hurry. God's not watching his watch. He's not boxed in and motivated by time. I've got a time to meet. That's not what it means. Okay, now, here's the great verse. So what is the truth about Jesus? What what is our Savior's heart? Can we know? What is the truth about Jesus? All right, here's an awesome verse, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. What a what an awesome verse. What a foundational verse. What an important verse. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Now, the first part of the verse is building off the truth of verse 8. Time constraints are not an issue for God. So the the thing that's said in verse 8 is now built upon in verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise. He is coming. He said he's coming. He said he would. He's not slow as some count slowness. And so verse 8 ties into the start of verse 9. He's not slow as some count slowness, but that's not the issue. But there is an issue. But the Lord is patient toward you. Now, the reason he hasn't come again is not because he's holding a clock. It's not because he's lazy. It's not because he's distracted. It's not because he is slow. That's not the issue, friends. But there is an issue, and the issue is this. He hasn't come, for the Lord is patient toward you. All right, watch these words. The word patient translates forbearing, long-suffering, persevering, waiting. (laughs) That's what it translates. Patient, waiting, long-suffering, persevering toward you. It says toward you. The Lord is long-suffering. That word means going further. He is going further. He is persevering. He is waiting toward you. Listen to me, hear this tonight. The righteous Lord is waiting for you. Did you hear that? That's what the verse says. The righteous, powerful, saving Lord is waiting for you. The the verse says this, not wishing. The word wishing means desiring, willing, or purposing. Listen to that. Not purposing, not desiring, not willing for any, any, not any, not even one. He's not wishing, he's not desiring, he's not purposing for any to perish. That's what it says, the fate of those outside of Jesus. He's not wishing, he's not willing for any to perish. Here's what the verse says, but for all. Listen to that. That's what God tells us, but for all. 
Not all with the exclusion of some. Not all over here, but not over there. It says all, for all to come. The word come means to leave room for, to turn to. It literally means to come, to come to repentance. Repentance means turning away from your sin and turning to Jesus. Listen to that verse. The Lord is now slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Friends, listen, if that's not plain enough, let me tell you something tonight. Hear me tonight. God loves all people, and God is gracious to all people. And God desires that none should perish, that not one should be out of a faith relationship with Jesus Christ. But instead, he purposes, he desires all of them to turn from their sin and to come to Jesus. And because that is his heart, because that is who he is, listen to me tonight, the great, mighty God of all creation, the one that's worthy of all praise and glory, He holds off his judgment. Though he is scoffed at, can you imagine? He holds off his judgment. Though he is belittled, can you imagine? He holds off his judgment. Though he is rejected by most, he holds off his judgment. And because his heart is love, because he's gracious and he's kind to sinners, all of them, listen, judgment is coming, but to his credit and for his name and to his glory and showcasing his love, the Savior is waiting. The Savior is waiting. Oh, the glory of a Savior who waits. How lost we would be without a Savior who waits. Oh, the glory of a Savior who waits. Tonight, let me tell you this. Jesus has not come back. And in his grace and in his kindness towards sinners and in his power, He holds off his sure judgment, and he's patient toward you. Here's what that means. Right now, his grace is offered to you. Well, I don't know if he knows me. I don't know if he loves me. I don't know if he knows my past. I don't know if he knows the extent of my sin. Listen to me. He hasn't come back. He hasn't come back because he's patient and kind and desiring that not one should perish but that all would turn in repentance, leave their sin, and walk with Jesus in faith. That is our Savior. That is our Savior. Oh, the glory of a Savior who waits. Let's pray. During Father, we come, and we just tell you, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. Lord, you could come. You could crush us all and you'd be right in it. You could come and you could pile us in a heap and you'd be right in it. Instead, you're gracious and you're kind and you send your only begotten son to come and to pay a penalty that we might be forgiven, to pay a price that we might be saved. And in your grace, you don't hide it from us, you announce it. You announce it in prophets and you announce it in preachers and you announce it in apostles. And you announce it with angels. And so, Lord, we come and we we tell you we're thankful 
for a God that loves, for a Savior that saves, and for a gracious Savior that waits. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't waste these minutes. I pray if there's somebody listening tonight that doesn't know you, I pray they would be urgent right now. They would turn to you. I pray that anything that would hinder that, any mistruth, anything that would distract from that would be removed. And I pray that tonight to your glory they would turn to you. Lord, I pray we would preach louder. I pray we would preach more often. I pray as we go to work next week that we would take it to our neighbors, to our coworkers, that we would be urgent to tell them there is a judgment that is sure, but there is a Savior, Lord, that waits. Help us be preachers of that good news. Lord, as we close out this service, I pray that you've been pleased in it. I pray that you've been known in it. I pray in this time of invitation now that you would speak, that you would lead, and it would be for your glory. Lord, we turn it over to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close the time of response, the time of invitation. And I want to tell you the good news is this. We have a Savior that waits. And he's waited till 929. He's waited till 643 in the evening. He hasn't come back. You know why? Because he's gracious. You know why? Because he's kind and he loves sinners. He's made a way for you and he's made a way for me. Listen, if you'll turn to him tonight, he'll save you. If you'll trust him tonight, he'll save you. If you've never done that, do that tonight. If you've never done that, do that tonight. If you need more information, you come. Let's talk. Let's settle it tonight. Oh, the glory of a Savior who waits. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it. You believe God has brought you here. You come. Together we'll serve his name his, for his glory, uplifting his word. Maybe you're here and you've made a decision for Christ, but you never followed in believer's baptism. What an awesome way to, to testify to what we believe of Christ in obedience to what Christ tells us. You come tonight. We'll set a day. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here as we wrap this up, 29th night. Maybe your prayer is still, God, stir me up. God, don't let me get so excited about the things of the world that I miss the things of a risen Savior. Maybe your prayer is, God, stir me up. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to pray with me here at the front. Maybe there where you're seated. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about, no one would head for an exit, but you would pray for those who are making decisions. As we stand and sing, if you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.